I want to I want to read a a scripture right here, and I want to read this. In fact, I'm going to read it first out of New King James. Secondly, I want to read it out of the Passion Translation because that is just like oh. Uh, Chapter 15. Verse 11. Now we'll start with verse 10. We'll go 10 through 10 through 14. 10 through 14. New King James. If you keep my commandments, red letters, Jesus speaking, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and I abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy, everybody say joy, may remain in you. Whose joy? His joy. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. I want to read to you. Before I go on, definition of joy. I looked up joy, uh, a couple of different definitions, and I look up, but this is the one that I really like, settled on. A feeling, or, this is the important part, the or, state of great delight. A state of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. Hmm. That's a good description for joy, isn't it? Are you with me? A feeling or state of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. Clean, not clean, keen pleasure and elation. Like, oh, the joy of the Lord becoming our joy, something that's so good, so satisfying, Something that's exceptionally good, creating great delight in us, happiness. Okay, this is my commandment, as we read on uh, verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Oh, that's so cool. Everything that we are hearing this morning in, in the worship was love, 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 love. Love of God, love of God. It's like, wow, I, I love it. We don't talk about what I'm preaching or what the message is like until, well, we don't talk about it. So the, the, and the worship set was done, I think, by Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. I just think that's just wonderful how the Holy Spirit just weaves His way through every service that we do. It's like, thank you, Holy Spirit. You have selected, through Christy Lynn, the right, the right worship music, the right lyrics. You've given her scriptures to use. And then verse 14, uh, verse 13, greater love, no one greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. You're my friends if you do what I command you. Wow. Something that we got to experience incredible joy from. The, the greatest joy, the biggest highlight of, for us, almost three weeks in Mexico was that one opportunity that we really got to minister the goodness of God, got to see somebody just in the joy of His presence, 
Ah, good stuff. See, we're called to go outside the walls of this church and the joy of the Lord becoming our strength that we can spread that love and that joy so other people can enjoy His goodness and His presence. That love just leaks and overflows from us through them so people will just shake and cry and experience His goodness. Another thing that happened while we were there, by, I think like, like third day, you know, God was just like speaking and showing. And it's like there, there was a young man that came to our table, a young waiter that came to our table. That, uh, it was just the four of us at that time, Craig, Dina, uh, Renee, and I. And we were sitting at the table, and the young man came and started to, started to service. And I said, did you see that? And nobody else saw it at least not the first time, but he had a tattoo behind his ear right there, and it said, God is my life. It's like, I've seen a lot of guys with tattoos on their necks and stuff, but that, like, did I see that right? So he came, and I was like, God is my life. I've never seen that tattoo before, and I don't know that I've ever really seen a writing, a slogan, even in that context, God is my life. I think that was second, third morning there, and I've kind of meditated on that over and over from that time. God is my life, which I think of a scripture that says, seek first the kingdom of Matthew 6.33, I believe it is. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all of the things that you need will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. It's like, what's the righteousness of God? Well, we are now. We are made His righteousness through Jesus Christ. Seek first the kingdom of God. And we know what the kingdom of God is. It's love, joy, peace, righteousness in the Holy Spirit, joy. So understanding what what the kingdom of God is, but Jesus is His righteousness. Right? So we pursue the kingdom, love, joy, peace, and we pursue the righteousness, which is Jesus Christ, because through the gift of the sacrifice that He made, righteousness was imputed to us. We are made righteous by believing in Jesus. Pretty simple, really. We are made righteous. It's a gift that's given to us through faith by believing in Jesus. So how many righteous believers do we have here this morning? How many righteous believers do we have here this morning? Believing that because we have faith in Jesus, that we believe He died on the cross for us, for our sins, that all we had to do was believe and receive, and we are forgiven. Trust, believe, receive. But we have to believe enough, we have to have enough of a measure of faith to be willing to ask Him to forgive us. Like, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
Some of the things that we have to get really firm on, I, I think when, I think, I know, that our actions are determined by our thoughts, our thoughts are directed by our beliefs, first we have to know what we believe to determine what thoughts we will meditate on, then we have to take captive, Scripture tells us we have to take captive Every thought that exalts itself, every thought, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge or the belief we have in Jesus Christ. So, we have to know the thoughts we have and the beliefs that we have about Jesus Christ and our relationship with Him. His Word says, He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So how do we get right standing with the Father? How do we become righteous? By believing in Him. By putting our faith in Jesus Christ. Right. Okay. So that's a solid belief. We believe Jesus is the Son of God. And then everybody say, I believe. I believe, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross for me. So my sins will be forgiven. You know, there's a, a scripture, uh, we're not going to take the time to go there. It's in 2 Corinthians where Paul is, is talking and he's talking about false apostles that are coming and he says that you that they would mess with the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus. The simplicity of the gospel of Jesus is he died for our sins. He was our propitiation. He's the one who died that we would be set free from sin. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin, the payment for sin, the repayment for sin is death. It all it Always was since the Garden of Eden. The wages of sin is death. Something has to die. Blood has to be shed for our sins to be absolved. For our sins to be taken care of. Right? Jesus was that sacrifice. It was His blood that was shed. It's one and done. Everybody say, one and done. And I believe it. He died for me. For my sin. All I have to do is believe, believe that, and ask forgiveness, and I'm forgiven. Just raise your hand. I'm forgiven. I believe it. So that's your belief. You believe you're forgiven. You've asked. Anybody here who hasn't ever asked Jesus' forgiveness? Man, nobody's going to raise their hand for that. I believe that I'm forgiven, and I walk in that forgiveness. Let's just say that together. I walk in that forgiveness. In that meeting that we had, the, the first Sunday that, that we were there, um, there was a young man, like, we were the prayer team, it, <laughs> 
that, that Dina and Craig began praying for, and I've, I really felt something strongly. It's like, maybe let's do a switch here. You pray for that lady that's next, and I'll, I'll, I'll take him over here and, and minister to him because I felt like he needed more than healing. And uh, Holy Spirit was just showing me some stuff. And so when, when I began to pray for him, the good news was Dina had Jose Luis for an interpreter, and I had the pastor who didn't speak very much English. But do you know that the Holy Spirit is an incredible interpreter? And through the laying on of hands and through prayer, maybe even just a little bit of tongues, there's something that can be communicated from spirit to spirit that has nothing to do with a language barrier. So this young man that I got the opportunity to pray for uh, needed so much more than physical healing. That's what he came up there for, was physical healing. But I started to, to listen and pray and, and begin to ask him and I found out that he had been a worship leader a worship leader who had moved back to Mexico City got involved in gangs fell back into gangs in the, that lifestyle and, and it's a pretty yucky lifestyle there in a big big city and he was really unable to receive what he needed to receive because he had not re he had not received the forgiveness that he was asking for in that he was not able to or willing to or understood how to take care of, to, take care of his own to forgive himself that's what i'm trying to say to forgive himself he was struggling with a voice of an enemy telling him, you're not forgiven, you're not forgiven, you're not forgiven. And I could sense that, but I, I had to have an interpreter help me with it just a little bit. So once we got through that, do you believe that you were a chosen son of God? Do you believe that Jesus loves you? And it's kind of, I think so, I think so, but I... You know, so there's no but I. As, as soon as, as soon as... You ask forgiveness from your heart. It doesn't matter that you messed up again. The enemy is the one that says, you have messed up too much, too many, too bad to be even thinking you should ask forgiveness again. You ever been there? Yeah, so it's like, why would you even be up there worshiping? Why would you even ask forgiveness again you slipped from worship leader back into a gang and gang activity. It's like you've messed up way too bad. That was his feeling. And when I went back through that God is willing to forgive you, he wipes the slate completely clean. From God's perspective, it is not again. From our perspective, I've shared this more than once, and I think it's so vitally important from our perspective, say, God, I'm so sorry to be coming to you again over the same stupid thing. Please forgive me. And from God's perspective, it's again. Because we know that He forgives and forgets. Unlike us, unlike even how we feel about the things that we've done in our own past, we can struggle with forgiving ourselves for. This young man finally ended up forgiving himself, understanding that God loved not only him, but all of us, while we were still sinners, God loved us. You think because you sinned again that his love has gone away? That he's not going to continue to love you? 
It's just like our kids. They mess up, and we might want to jerk them out of the car and beat them just a little bit, but we still love them. Been there, done that. <laughs> uh, so believing, understanding, and knowing that Jesus still loves us. You know, sometimes there could be a pretty harsh rebuke. We can get, we can get slapped a little bit. We can get, uh, you know, a rebuke because those you love that you're going to bring correction to. There's going to be rebuke and correction to those that you love. And if you are loved and chosen, and we know that we are, we will be rebuked and corrected. We need to expect that. Right? It's like it kind of got quiet there. It's like... He doesn't bring sickness on us. He doesn't, you know, it's not that kind of thing. But he will rebuke and correct those that he loves. Or you are like a child of unborn, uh, unmarried parents. There's a word for that in King James Version. Starts with a B. Bad guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a scripture now that I wanted to go to. There. <laughs> Another thing happened on this, on this trip that was, quite, that was quite interesting and quite intriguing and, and as we are learning more about each other as couples even. We, we went to a dinner at a nice place called, huh, of all things, Peepees. It's like, it's like, no, 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 you mean, you mean Pepe's. No, it's, 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 pe- it's, 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 it's Peepees restaurant. I said, oh, you mean Pepe's. Yeah, we know where, pe-. no, 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 not Pepe's. Peepees. I says, amigo, could you write this down for me? P-I-P-I. Peepees. Oh, okay. So we went to Peepees restaurant. We walked. We found it exactly the directions that he had given us. We had a wonderful dinner there. And, you know, there was a little bit of a wait, not, not a big wait. And just as it was served, I mean, I asked the waiter, I said, oh, what do you think is best? What's the specialty? Yes. I wanted a piece of meat. I'm ready for some steak. Getting tired of fish and tacos. I want a steak. And, and he said, oh, amigo, arachera. It's, it's the good one. That's like, okay, I'll, I'll take it. So they come and, and uh, I think you got New York. I, I don't know. We ended up two or three steaks. I see mine and I was like, oh. I stick the fork in there. We've prayed. Start to cut the first piece off. And Dina says, what do you think it means when the Scripture that says true believers will worship Him in spirit and in truth? And it's like, Dina, that, that's no short answer to this. And, and my steak is hot and ready. It's like, can we, can we table that for a little bit? And it's like, now Renee, she, I, I'm pretty much mostly the same in church, in, in the real life, and whatever. Renee is too. And she stopped. Well, I think it means, it's like, <laughs> you go ahead, I'm going to eat. <laughs> like, so the next morning, we're waiting for a taxi or waiting for Renee or one or the other. The three of us are sitting out in the, they're sitting out in the small lobby 
And, uh, and we're waiting, and I said, are you ready? And Dean said, am I ready for what? I said, are you ready for the answer? She said, well, the answer to what? <laughs> I said, the answer to the question you asked me last night. What, what? Oh, oh, that. Yeah, she's already moved on so far beyond that. that uh, but I believe, and I'm going to share this just a little bit, about that scripture that true believers are those who worship in spirit and in truth that not only are they that will be coming, but are now. They're, they're here now. Uh, and it even goes into, I don't have the time for all of the explanation that I had for her the next morning, but I really do believe that it's in Romans 8. It talks about all creation groans, awaiting, awaiting the revelation of the sons of God. That when the sons of God are, are, are being revealed, it is those that are led by the Spirit, those that are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, that those, <laughs> the true worshipers, are those who would worship in spirit and in truth, that not only are we engaging in the spirit and, and, and the spiritual realm, but we're walking by being led by the Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit, we're walking out daily the truth that we've received, not only in Revelation, but in all of the red letters that are in the Bible. Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth. And there's a scripture, I think, in uh, probably the fourth chapter of John that says, where Jesus is talking about saying, and those that do truth. Those that do truth. It's like truth is what we believe, what we receive, and what we walk in. If you want to know what somebody believes, just hang out with them for a while. See what their daily walk is like. See what their talk is like. <laughs> See what their actions are like. See what they do when they're not in church. You learn a whole lot about people and about what their real belief system is. Like true believers are those who worship in spirit and in truth. And I believe it is those that walk in the truth of Jesus. So we were, let's see, Matt, uh, Romans 8, 28, 29, 30, right in there says, We were predestined to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. So as we're being conformed into the image, Jesus says, He is the truth. We are led by the Spirit of truth, that Holy Spirit that leads us into all truth. So if we're walking led by the Spirit of God, we are walking in truth. But truth is our actions, who we are and what we do. Yeah? No? Then let's... Amen! That's good. Now, another thing that I... Scripture that I want to go to. There was two more things that happened that I just were just probably not going to be talking about this morning. But um, another Scripture that I do want to go to where it says, if you're to be my disciples, take up your cross daily and follow me. 
take up your cross daily and follow me. So if we're going to be worshiping him in spirit and in truth, if we're going to truly be the revealed sons and daughters of God, those led by the Spirit of God, we're going to be taking up our cross daily and following Him, led by not only His example, not only by His words, but <laughs> the impressions, the, the words, the things that we hear, the things that we see, however He communicates to us. Are you with me? When I say take up your cross, this is something that I feel like my own revelation, maybe it was for me, that take up your cross and follow me, that Jesus died on the cross, but he says to us, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. So, take up my cross daily. Well, I don't have a problem with that because that is an empty cross that Jesus died on. And that cross is like, which, which, which side of the cross? It's like, this was before the resurrected Jesus. There's the cross. Jesus hanging on that cross. That deed has been done. It is finished. It is finished. So I'm on the other side of this cross now. And from the other side of this cross, I'm looking at a resurrected Jesus. And a resurrected Jesus has defeated death, hell, and the grave. Everything has been defeated. His enemies have been made his footstool. And he's given us the authority of an empty cross of a resurrected Savior that has promised his Holy Spirit to come upon us, which will empower us so for me to take up the cross, it's something that I can just carry gently and easily over my back because I'm co-laboring with Jesus, yoked with Jesus. So there's, that's not much of a burden to carry that cross. And all I have to do is be reminded of that cross, of the price that He paid. And then it's like... The biggest thing, probably, is not to end up being self-absorbed. When I have walked to the other side of the cross, am walking in forgiveness, am walking in the power and authority that He has given me, I just have to be a little careful not to be self-absorbed that I indeed am laying down my life the only cross that I believe that we, I, continue to carry is that I need to continually put my flesh to rest where I'm not absorbed in my thoughts, my feelings, my wants, my desires because I'm laying my life down for my friends, for the others that God loves. Like He wants to use me for that. And that's where full joy comes into my life. That's where meaning comes into my life when I get to share the goodness of God with other people. But I have to lay down, I have to take up my cross, lay down my life 
for my friends, some of the desires that I, that I have laid down for my friends. Make sense? Hmm. And the one other, the one other caveat to, to put to the, we, um, one of the places that we went for a, a meal, we took a boat ride, went for a meal, and we, I whipped out my card to pay for the meal, and, and, and the guys that, you know, my friends that were with us were watching all this, and they said, oh, we want to kick in, we want to do our part. I said, no, no, I want to get it, I want to get it, I want to get it. But they watched, and they saw the ticket come, and they saw the, the waiter say something to me, and, and these guys have all been there. They're, they're guys that, with experience, and the waiter was asking me, well, how big of a tip do you want to leave me? And I was like, oh, well, that's 20%. They saw that, so they jumped up and came over, and I was like, no, no, I want to get it. I want to get it. No, 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 you don't understand. It's, it's already paid for. It's already taken care of. That's, that's in the deal paid for and taken care of, this guy is asking you to pay again. So they rebuked him. They told him, hey, this is taken care of. It's paid for. It's like, oh, well, thank you for intervening there, here. I thought they were trying to, you know, not let me pay. And I, I, that ended up happening twice over there. It's like, it's like, oh, God, what? Oh, I see. I see. The day that we were leaving, I went and talked to my friend, Jose Luis, that owns the hotel, you know, to, uh, we had had an agreement in the beginning, but Renee and, and I think Dina and Christy, no, I don't remember who, went up early on, and the waiter at the top, up there at the top, had said, who, who ran the restaurant up there, said, no, 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 I told him, just, just sign the ticket, just, just sign the ticket, taken care of, and... They got up there and the waiter said, no, 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 no. You have to pay. You have to pay. It's like, oh, that's weird. Jose told me that the last seven or eight years that we've gone, he's taken care of it. Always taken care of. So I'm settling with him the last day and I said, oh, you, you have a little different policy now. And he said, what? I said, yeah, the, our meals, the waiter ended up making us pay. And he goes, what? Mr. Hardy. He said, I told you, we had this conversation, I told you, breakfast was covered, it's paid for. He says, and you paid again? It's like, well, yeah, I know you said, but, yeah, but, this guy that runs the restaurant up there, he said, I told you. It's like, oh, something that we have to remember, that we have to realize, the debt is paid. The debt is paid. We don't have to revisit that. We don't have to pay it again. We don't have to listen to any voice telling you the debt's not paid, that you owe some more. You, no, 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 no. One and done. We're on the other side of that cross looking at a resurrected Jesus who has promised you the Holy Spirit that will empower you to do all that He's called you to do.
We walk in that freedom knowing and believing we're on the other side of that cross now. Let's, let's stand together. If you have any question in your mind whatsoever, I am forgiven. I am made righteous through my belief in Jesus Christ. That you know, I have a question about that, Pastor Lynn, and I'd like you to pray for me. Or I'd like, would you raise your hand if you have, if there's a question in your mind this morning that I am, as to whether or not I am forgiven, I am made righteous through my belief in Him. If you have a question about that, if you would like to be prayed for for a confirmation that you are forgiven, if you've never asked Him to be Lord and Savior of your life, saying, God, I, I just want you to forgive me. I want to serve you. I want you to come into my heart and life. I want to commit my life to you. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand? Praise God. This is a saved, dedicated, committed, committed, believing congregation this morning. Father, I thank you. I, I thank you that, <laughs> that we get to come here and do this. I just thank you for the worship this morning. I thank you for your presence that, that just made me smile when I stepped in here. Then I had tears of joy flowing felt your presence and I thank you for that incredible presence. I thank you that anybody that comes in here gets to feel and experience your presence. I thank you that you're healing, that you're healing bodies today and I thank you God for your for the word that you've given me. Thank you for our worship. I thank you for all that you've done and accomplished this morning and I just seal that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I say any voice is contrary to the voice of Jesus. Any thoughts contrary to the thoughts and, and direction and the word of God, just bind those up and cast them out of here right now in Jesus' name. We just pray that you would be glorified in each one of the saints that you brought here today, that you would be glorified by our actions, by our activities, by the words that come out of our mouth. Strengthen us, encourage us, bless us, Lead us and guide us. We just commit ourselves to your will. In Jesus' name, amen.